fitness enthusiasts and ultimate frisbee aficionados to the Tobu Fitness Podcast. Your guide to elevating your game and mastering the art of ultimate frisbee through the lens of strength and conditioning. Whether you're a seasoned player or just stepping onto the field for the first time, this podcast is your one-stop destination for unlocking your true potential. This is the Tobu Fitness Podcast with your host, certified strength and conditioning coach, Justin Shelby. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. This is my very first episode. It's a little weird talking on a podcast to start, I'm not going to lie. I'm used to the YouTube videos. I'm used to the Instagram videos where I can do a lot of the editing. But a podcast, obviously very different, right? Just setting up the mic and talking. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start a podcast. With the Instagram videos, you get about 30 to 60 seconds, right, to get a message across, uh, which isn't a lot. Um, so because of that, I wanted to start a YouTube channel where then I'd have a little bit more freedom to explain a lot more like the context behind things. But even with that, I mean, that's a lot harder than I anticipated, right? To, to get a message down to like eight to 10 minutes of something pretty complex, right? I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, right? When we talk about like vertical jump in Ultimate, you talk about just how to train in Ultimate in general, like getting that down to eight to 10 minutes is actually pretty tough to get a very concise, easy to understand message, uh, not to mention like planning the visuals, all that stuff. Uh, that's, that's a lot more difficult than I anticipated. So I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast is uh, just being able to set up the mic and just, you know, ramble on about a topic in great detail, um, I think is something that I would want to do just to be able to get that stuff out there. And then I think that'd be a really good kind of learning experience for a lot of people because a lot of times like the tangents and the rants are where people learn a lot more of this stuff, uh, at least when I have conversations with them. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast. Uh, kind of the goal with the podcast, again, is just to kind of expand the conversation a little bit deeper than what's on Instagram. Right. Admittedly, uh, Instagram, it's all about showing off kind of the, the fancy stuff. Right. If I show off like a really fancy cutting exercise or really show off a really fancy, you know, exercise in general and I say, oh, this is specific to ultimate, like, you know, that, that stuff does really, really well. Uh, the posts where I go deeper into the science, those do not do as well. But I think that stuff is really, really important. So on a podcast, if I can expand on a lot of that, I think that'd be really cool. Also, just like bringing on uh, people like I know there's a lot of podcasts. And this is just the typical podcast format, where you just bring somebody on you interview them, and then you send them on their way, right? And the, the content itself is the information you're learning about that person, right? I think that stuff's really cool. I think there's a lot of podcasts like that in the ultimate space. Uh, but I want to bring people on just to learn a little bit more about like their training background, right? And I think if we can get a little bit deeper into like, what makes the best ultimate players like what made them the best ultimate players right i think that's something i want to learn a lot like i want to have those conversations with some of the best players um and i want to be able to take that to you guys and kind of show that and say like okay like here are the common the common themes of some of the best players right what was their background like like what are the things that they're doing what are the things that they're currently doing um and i think that stuff would be really really cool to kind of showcase and go through but in this episode in particular i want to introduce myself a little bit. I realized that um, through my time doing Tobu Fitness and talking specifically about Ultimate, um, I haven't really talked about myself too much. And I realized there's a lot of people, like including my clients, who really don't know who I am, right? They don't know anything about my background. Uh, when I do my weekly Q&A, like a lot of the questions are like, hey, w what even is your background? Like, do you even play Ultimate? I want to introduce myself, kind of go through the story of who I am, how Tobu Fitness got started. Yeah, kind of like the Tobu Fitness origin story. 
one of the, the first things I think it will be fun to talk about is if you know me in person, you know, like I'm not at all like I am on Instagram. Like in person, I'm probably one of the most introverted people you'll ever meet. Like pretty much in any social group I've ever been, I've always been known as the quiet one. I'm always known as the one that doesn't talk. Uh, so it's kind of ironic then that I have a podcast, I have a YouTube channel. Um, I have an Instagram where my face and me talking is pretty much how, I, how I'm known, how I make my money, right? It's, uh, if you know me in person, you know I'm pretty much the complete opposite. So I, I think that's pretty funny there. But yeah, right now, I work as Tobu Fitness. So Tobu Fitness uh, is my Instagram account, it's my YouTube channel, but it's also my business name. I'm an online personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach. So what that means is I work with clients directly online. Um, right now, I'm working with about 40 clients, primarily ultimate players, right? That's my thing. I specialize with working with ultimate players. That's kind of the niche that I've worked into, but still work with some power lifters, some bodybuilders, uh, some basketball players. So it's not just ultimate players, but you know, that's definitely who I like to work with. Also in the online space, it's not just like setting up a Zoom call and like watching them work out and coaching them through that, right? That's probably the most boring thing I've ever done. I've done that a couple of times in the past. Definitely wouldn't do that, right? The online training is it's like setting them up a workout plan, right? They go out, they do the workout plan on their own. Uh, they can record videos of themselves doing the exercises, but it's kind of that like, that feedback that you'll get. So, you know, they're doing the workouts on their own, but they're getting feedback from me. They're getting communication from me um, and I'm adjusting their workouts kind of week to week. So it's like getting all the good parts of a personal trainer without having to pay directly for their time. Like that's one of the reasons that personal trainers specifically in person are super, super expensive is because you're just paying for their, their time, right? And people's time is expensive. But if you can get all the benefits from a personal trainer without directly paying for their like, you know, blocking them off for an hour, or, you know, an hour 30, whatever it is, then a personal trainer can be a lot more uh, cheap. It, it allows regular people, I think that don't have like the budget for like, you know, a personal trainer four to five times uh, to work with somebody and then allows me to work with a lot of people as well. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's my main job right now. I'm also a massage therapist. Not that there's anything wrong with like the stereotypic, like uh, hippie massage therapist, like the relaxation type thing. That's just not what I do. I work more in like the medical and the therapeutic side and the sports side of things. Uh, so I've got some background in that that I'll talk about. But right now I work one day a week at a sports chiropractic clinic as the massage therapist. So that's pretty cool. Uh, just to kind of mix it up and also just work with more people in person, specifically people with injuries, right? People uh, don't come to me because they just want like a relaxing massage. They come to me because they are in pain and they want to get out of pain. So that's a little bit of like a learning experience for me as well. Like I get to know the anatomy a lot more. I get to know uh, injuries a lot more. And then of course, just to get uh, help athletes get out of pain. I think it's always something that's really cool. And then as far as my playing career, this is my second club season. Right now we're in the middle of it. Uh, but I play for an open team called Alamode out of San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, second club season ever. We just finished up uh, Select Flight East in Ohio at the end of July. Um, I'm recording this in the middle of August. And then we've got our next tournament is sectionals, which is the beginning of September. Um, so yeah, a little break right now. We've got about a month break. Uh, but yeah, then we'll be going right into it. So really exciting stuff. So that's pretty much everything about me right now. I think when I go through like the background here, you guys will kind of see a little bit more about how it all kind of weaves in. I grew up in Northern Virginia, so the suburbs of Washington, DC. 
uh, that's where I wasn't born there, but moved there from a very, very young age and then went to elementary school all the way through college um, in that area. So that's that's where I consider home is that Northern Virginia area. And as far as sports go, I started playing basketball at the age of six. Basketball was like my first true love, really. Like I played baseball, soccer, like when I was younger than that, but like basketball was always the thing. There's something about it where it's it's so fast paced, right? It's 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 not like, you know, baseball where there's one play at a time. I think that's a little too slow for me. Like my siblings play golf, right? That's a little bit too slow for me. Soccer's a little bit too slow for me, but like basketball is so fast paced, so intense. And then when you watch the NBA and stuff, just like the high flying dunks, all those plays, like I think that's what initially really drew me to it. It's just like how intense it was, how, how fast paced and energetic it was. Like I, I, to this day, I still love basketball and I think that's one of the reasons. So yeah, I started playing basketball at the age of six, uh, played it up until high school, uh, sophomore year. Now the thing about me growing up is I was always known as the shortest kid. Like now I'm five, nine, which I, I think is about like average height for men. So I wouldn't consider myself short, but definitely not tall by any means. But like growing up, I was the, the shortest kid. I might put, if you're watching the YouTube video of this, I might put some like pictures up here of me when I was little, but like I, I always looked super, super young, always looked super, super short. Freshman year of high school, I was like five, two, five, three, but I looked like I was nine years old. Like it was bad. Right. So being the shortest kid, you obviously have to adapt, right? If you want to continue playing at a pretty high level. And I mean, fourth, fifth, sixth grade into middle school as well. I was playing like travel basketball, AAU basketball. So I was playing a lot, playing with kids that were very good, uh, a lot taller than me. Like you have to adapt and, and get a lot better that way, right? So as a shorter person, obviously the things I had was dribbling, passing. You have to be able to shoot, right? Create separation. I would like to consider myself like I was pretty quick, right? I had a pretty good first step, a little bit spring year. Um, obviously not very strong uh, being that short, right? So getting bullied a lot kind of in the post and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I think from what I remember and kind of what I'm told is that I would I would play with heart. Like I wouldn't, even though I was shorter, I wouldn't let people just kind of like trample all over me, right? Like if, if people thought they had a mismatch and they would post me up, like I'd hold my ground and, and be able to stop them, uh, stuff like that, just kind of playing to my strengths. And yeah, kind of thinking back on it too, like even though I loved basketball, I didn't really like grind basketball, if that makes sense. And not saying that, you know, a kid has to grind, I think now you know, now with their social media and kids kind of have more access to seeing like what NBA players are doing, what division one players are doing and seeing like, oh, like they're grinding, right? They're working every day, they're training, like that's what I have to do. Like now that they might be able to like romanticize the grind a little bit more, there might be some like younger kids that are out there like working a lot, lot more. Um, but I definitely was not like that. Like, you know, my parents would take me to clinics, they would take me to camps and I'd, I'd train and, and practice then like i'd go to team practices but i was rarely ever out there like by myself playing basketball and now that i kind of reflect on it i wonder like how much i actually really like the sport like i knew i liked the sport i liked playing but i wasn't doing anything extra outside of the sport and like i said you know i think that's okay for a kid right not saying that like a kid has to dedicate all their time to like getting better right but that was always just something interesting because i think now about ultimate and like you know how much I like ultimate, but also how much I want to like actively do stuff outside of practice and outside of playing to get myself better. Like I had none of that when I was little. So I wonder if it's me maturing, if it's me kind of changing sports, what it is, but I always found that interesting. But yeah, played freshman basketball or freshman year of basketball uh, in high school, played then 
played JV basketball my sophomore year, and that was the end of my basketball career. I was still 5'3", uh, sophomore year, realized really probably wasn't going to make uh, the varsity team, right? Unfortunate thing was I hit my growth spurt the summer going into my junior year. So junior year, I was then 5'9", the, the height that I am now, uh, but probably still wouldn't have been good enough to, to make the basketball team. So that was the end of my basketball days. Still love basketball, like I said. Uh, really set me up like athletically, I think, for the rest of my life, um, which was really, really nice, really fortunate I did that. One thing I did start, though, sophomore year was running cross country and track, and that's what I did uh, the rest of my high school career. So sophomore year, I ran cross country and then outdoor track. Junior year, I did all three, uh, cross country, indoor, and outdoor. And then senior year, I did cross country and then just indoor track. And then during indoor track senior year, ended up quitting just because it was tough as well. There was another thing where like, I liked being athletic, but man, running's tough. Like I was a distance runner because like I said, I was uh, five, nine at that point, like my junior year, but I was still super, super small, super skinny. Uh, did not have the genetics nor the build to be any sort of sprinter or jumper. So distance was really the only thing I could do. And distance is brutal. Like if you've been a distance runner, you know, like it's not easy at all going out and doing uh, 400s, 800s, you know, mile repeats like day in, day out after school. Like if you don't like it, then there, there's really no point to do it. Like you're going to dread it every day. And that's kind of where I was at with it. I think I did it initially just to kind of build up the resume to get into college. And then the very beginning of my senior year, I applied early action, early decision, whatever it is, to George Mason University. Got in pretty quickly, like August or September of my senior year, right? So at that point I was like, well, why, why continue doing track if I really don't like it? So stop doing that. Um, but one thing I did kind of pick up towards the end of my senior year, which kind of leads into uh, the rest of my career and stuff is CrossFit. So the, scene, the end of my senior year, sometime uh, in that spring, I remember watching a documentary on Netflix called Fittest on Earth. It was about the 2015 CrossFit Games. And if you're familiar with CrossFit at all, there's, there's the meme about CrossFit where CrossFitters don't stop talking about CrossFit. It's like vegans always have to tell you that they're vegan, right? It's like CrossFitters always got to tell you that they CrossFit. So that was really the only thing I knew about CrossFit at the time. And then I watched this documentary and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like this is super, super intense, right? Because the CrossFit games are like a competition of all the best people from across the world uh, in CrossFit and they go and compete all together. And it's people running like, you know, they, they would do running events where they were running times faster than like what I was running in track and, you know, what good people in track were running. But then they were also going and lifting like 400 pounds, 300 pounds over their head. And it was just like the craziest things I've ever seen. And I was like, holy crap, I want to do that. Like that is really, really cool. So ended up getting into it a little bit myself, like doing the Murph workout. Um, some of you may be familiar with that. That's a really popular kind of CrossFit workout that even non-CrossFitters do uh, on Memorial Day. Right, but yeah, I was doing some of that stuff on my own. Had a little setup in the garage, so I was starting to teach myself some of like the Olympic lifts. Just getting into lifting a little bit more, and then going into my freshman year of college, I was really, really getting into CrossFit. Like I joined the CrossFit gym um, and started doing a lot of that stuff. And I guess that kind of leads me into what I did for college. So I went to George Mason University, which is also in that Northern Virginia area. So I didn't leave home to go to school, which looking back on it, not really sure how I feel about it. Maybe I have to, you know, get older, get a couple more years out of uh, college to really, you know, think about that decision, right? But yeah, I didn't leave home. So I commuted, whereas pretty much all my friends uh, moved and they 
they went to a uh, college somewhere else and, you know, they were staying at the dorms and stuff. So everybody that I knew kind of in my, my town and, you know, area that I was living was gone. So it, it, I was pretty much just kind of hanging out by myself. And like I said, as an introvert, like I kind of like that. I like doing uh, stuff on my own and I was staying busy, right? I was going to school. I was going to class. Like I could meet people um, at school, but I had a ton of time. So I was really kind of diving into like CrossFit. And then when I wasn't doing that, obviously like doing school and stuff. Um, I started off as a business major because I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. New business was like a, a safe choice, right? After talking to some people, but then after really, really thinking about it, like I did not see myself sitting at um, a cubicle behind a desk, like nine to five. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that I really just did not see myself doing that at all. So I decided to, to go into the thing that I really, really enjoyed at that time, which was kinesiology, exercise science, right? Like I knew I liked sports. I'd always played sports. Um, I could see myself doing stuff with sports and I was actively in lifting and in CrossFit at that time. So I was like, it just makes sense that I would kind of study this stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much what I did for a couple years, right? Just getting really, really into CrossFit, really into lifting, and then just continuing with school. Now, one thing I did do during that time as well, keep in mind, I was 5'9", 130, right? Come like 130 pounds. So that was coming off of like track and cross country. So um, I, I got to about average height, but I was very, very skinny in CrossFit. Right. So it's a strength sport as much as it is a cardio sport. Right. And when you're when you weigh more, when you have more muscle, you can generally lift more weight. Now, CrossFit's not a sport that has weight classes. So the dudes that are heavier are competing the, the same way against the dudes that are lighter. Me. Right. So I knew I had to get a little bit heavier. I had to put on more muscle if I wanted to be competitive at all um, at a high level like I kind of aspire to do. So I bulked up to 180 pounds. And that, that was a really, really tough time. Uh, not in like that it was bad. It was just, that was, that was very, very difficult. It was a six month period where I'm not exaggerating. I ate, uh, six cup of six cups of rice and two pounds of ground beef every single day. Like no exaggeration, six cups of rice and two pounds of ground beef every single day for six months. And I broke that up into three meals, right? So it would be whatever it is, like two thirds, a pound of beef and two cups of rice three times a day. Each meal would take me like an hour to eat because it just got so disgusting. Uh, there was one day where I was like dreading eating so much that I was just like, forget it. I'm going to blend this together. Um, not thinking at all. Like I, I mixed pineapple juice, strawberries and ground beef into a blender. First time I was able to get it down. I was like, that's crazy. I got that down in like 40 seconds. Now I don't have to eat for an hour. Right. And then the second time I did it, I threw up because uh, it was so gross. But yeah, that's what I did. Uh, so I got up to my goal weight, 180 pounds. Um, I was pretty fat, but also pretty muscular. And I, I was my strength numbers were going up a lot. Like I was lifting a lot more than I ever had in my entire life. Like that was my my peak strength. And yeah, that was kind of a fun time, <laughs> but definitely like a, a really weird time now that I think back on it. Um, yeah. And then in 2019, I guess this is the end of my sophomore year. I took a little break from lifting for about four to five months, right? I took a little break from lifting, exercise, uh, all that stuff. I ended up losing 20 pounds. So like I said, I was really fat during that time where I was 180. So losing that 20 pounds was pretty much just all the fat. So I got down to 160, which is what I'm at now. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a pretty normal weight for me now. So 160 pounds. So this brings me into the fall of 2019. So this is the fall semester of my junior year, the first semester of my junior year. Instead of CrossFit, I got more into like weightlifting. It's also known as like Olympic weightlifting. You don't have to actually 
compete at the Olympics for it to be called Olympic weightlifting. That's just what it's called. The clean and the snatch, like instead of powerlifting, which is like squat, bench, deadlift. Right. So yeah, I got more into like Olympic weightlifting because I thought that stuff was really, really fun. Like I still wanted to get into the strength side of things. I was doing that, which was like, you know, the fun part of CrossFit without like all the cardio and like the, the killing yourself with the conditioning, like laying on the floor because you're so tired every workout type. Like I, you know, I like the lifting, but not that much. So yeah, I was just doing the Olympic weightlifting and then fall of my junior year. So the, the same semester is also when I got introduced to Ultimate Frisbee. So this is where kind of the story really, really begins. So that, that year, me and my friend decided to go to like the college club fair thing. Most colleges do it at the very beginning of the year. All the clubs have like a, a little fair where they have a table and they're trying to recruit people and just kind of um, showcase themselves so then people that are interested can kind of join these clubs. So I went to that, uh, just walking around looking at all the different groups and I saw the rugby group. And keep in mind, this is me coming off of like my peak strength, like phase in my life right so I was like oh rugby that's cool like I can hit people like I can kind of try to be strong and I have a little bit of conditioning so this might be good for me but I was talking to the guy at the rugby table and the table right next to it there's these kids throwing a frisbee some skinnier kids right not as big as this dude that's uh talking to me with the rugby table but it's these frisbee kids and they're like hey why don't you come talk to us we're ultimate frisbee we have a practice like you know coming up on tuesday or you know whenever it was why don't you come on out and you know i thought about it and i was like you know that sounds pretty cool yeah i'll, I'll go out i don't really remember like what actually drew me to it like thinking back on it there wasn't anything like magical about ultimate frisbee in my mind at that time that like drew me to one to go but for some reason i just went to that practice and probably one of the best decisions I could have done, obviously, because I went and I had a really, really fun time. So at George Mason, at that time, like there was a lot of seniors on that team. There was kind of a, a group of guys that had gone through, like from freshmen all the way through uh, together. So like that was kind of their year where like this was this was their last year, maybe all playing together. Like they had all had a bunch of experience together. So like they were shaping up to be a really, really good team. They also had some good additions. One of those was uh, AJ Merriman, who plays on the DC Breeze now, but he was going to play with us for that year. So he was at that practice. You know, AJ can throw, right? AJ can put it. And at that time, I didn't really know how to play. I didn't really, really know the rules. Like I remember doing drills and stuff and like people would be like, oh, you're supposed to throw a flick there. And I'd be like, I don't even know what that is. Uh, we ended up finishing with a scrimmage and like I just saw AJ putting a couple deep balls to people in the end zone. And I was like, okay, I, like, I can run deep. Like I'm faster than my guy. Like I'm quicker than my guy. Like I can just run deep, right? And every single time I ran deep, AJ would put it. And I think there was like three hooks in a row that I caught from AJ. And like that, that feeling was addicting. That feeling was, was nice where I was like, oh, this is so cool. I didn't know, like I was blessed with just a really good thrower at that time. But, but that was a really, really cool feeling. And that kind of got me hooked. And how I thought about it then and how I still kind of think about it now is ultimate Frisbee is really just basketball with more space, right? Like in basketball, if you want to cut, like your cut has to be at the right time. If you're half a second late, like it's going to get like blocked or it's going to get denied because, you know, there's such little space that people can recover so quickly. But ultimate, on the other hand, you have so much more space. So like even in theory, if you're late by a second or two, you have more space where you can like still, if you're faster than your guy, if you're quicker than your guy, you can still create that separation even if you're late, right? So if you're on time, it's perfect, right? If you're thinking about it or if you're coming from kind of a basketball background and you're thinking about cut timing in a basketball way, like the game almost slows down for you when you're playing ultimate. So that's why I feel like kind of 
coming into ultimate i naturally had kind of a good sense of the game good sense of cutting um and stuff like that not saying i'm perfect at all like i still have a ton to learn like i really struggle in a host stack for example just to kind of humble myself a bit but like a vert stack for example just like made a ton of sense for me from the beginning just kind of like natural kind of cut timing started to make sense for me so that's kind of one of the other things that really really drew me to it is that uh it just already kind of made sense coming from a basketball background and, and you know i i found it really really fun that's kind of what i did i ended up playing with that team for the fall semester which was like the preseason i played o-line which was really cool and again like there was aj but then there was all this this other group of like seniors and really really experienced guys really really good handlers on the o-line and on the d-line uh, i got to play on the o-line as a cutter as like a as a rookie that was really really cool yeah like blessed with you know guys that could put the ball um so i was able to cut really really well just kind of get open from them and yeah we played the whole fall season which was like the preseason right then we had winter break come back from winter break now we're in january february i think we had one maybe two tournaments and then march hits which is covid right march 2020 is covid so season gets cut short right this is my junior year i started playing right at that time we didn't know that we weren't going to come back so that was the end of my college career it was one preseason and then like one in-season tournaments right so my eligibility might be like my clock might have started there and i might be done right which kind of sucks to think about like after talking to everybody who has played like four years of college ultimate like kind of missed out on that but you know it is what it is right so during covid like i said i was already living at home so not much changed now i just didn't have to go to school before i was commuting to classes now all my classes were just online so that opened up a ton of time so during covid pretty much i did three things every single day right i had a garage gym also had a little brother uh, or i have a little brother who's uh, a few years younger than me right so him and i would work out in that garage gym every single day for like two to three hours a day uh, we were doing like bodybuilding stuff we were doing like some plyometrics it was just like we had all the time in the world pretty much so we were working out a ton also we were throwing every day because although i didn't get to play that much ultimate like i kind of got addicted to it i was like well i want to get better and as a cutter you don't really have to get out of your comfort zone that much and like get better at your throws but i had all the time in the world so we were doing like the kung fu throwing routine if you're familiar with that pretty much every single day like throwing for an hour two hours and that's something i really credit to like helping improve my throws i'm still somebody that really struggles with throws that's definitely not my strong suit but like from the point where i was like brand new and could only reset the disc to now like actually feeling confident i attribute that to like you know spending every single day in covid like an hour or two really really dialing that in and also during covid that's when tobu fitness was born yeah that was that's a funny story as well so there's two reasons um, I started Tobu Fitness. So I started it as the social media, the Instagram account, and then it kind of bled into becoming the business. So it wasn't like the business and then the social media to promote it. It was the social media and then the business kind of was born out of that. But the two reasons I started the social media account, right? One, teaching is the best way to learn, in my opinion. And when I started Tobu Fitness, it didn't start as ultimate frisbee content that came way way later and i'll talk about that in a little bit it just started as like very general fitness stuff like how to grow your chest how to do a bicep curl like that stuff and i wanted to get really really good at the basics at the simple principles and the, the basic concepts and i figured the best way to like fully understand that is if you can teach it right so that was the first reason the second reason is because and especially during covid when like 
everybody was making content, there was so much information out there, right? It's like a vast sea of information. Like if you just Google, how do I do a squat? You're going to get like 10,000 different responses that are all going to say something completely different. So my thought process was what if I can provide people with something a little bit more comprehensive, more easy to understand information. That's like kind of a, a roadmap for how you should approach lifting. If you're new, if you're confused, if you're trying to get into it during COVID, right? Just kind of providing a little bit of guidance in like a very, very confusing realm, which is like exercise and exercise science at that time. I was doing a lot of like educational content, nowhere to the capacity that it is now, but I was doing like, you know, just those regular like infographics that you'll see. I was making those pretty much every day. I was selling programs on Reddit as well. Funny story about that. There's some subreddits where you can sell your services for like very, very, very cheap. So at one point I was selling like custom workout programs that were custom to like your goals and the equipment you had for $5 on Reddit. And I remember one time posting it at night, posting that post at night and then waking up in the morning and having like over 200 responses of people wanting programs. So I think off of just that one, like very, very simple post where I was selling very, very simple programs, I made like over a thousand dollars. And I was like, okay, this is something that could actually be like legit. Not that, not that business model, right? I'm not going to sell five hour programs forever. Just the idea of like online fitness coaching and selling programs and stuff is, is something that could actually become a business. So from there, I was able to get some of like my first one-on-one -on -one clients. Yeah. And then that kind of bled into uh, me creating the business. So again, wasn't working with ultimate players at that time, but I was working with just some regular people who wanted to stay healthy, wanted to gain a little bit more muscle, uh, things like that. And Tobu Fitness was always kind of on the back burner at that point. Like because I had so much time during COVID, I was making those daily posts, but never really intended for uh, my client base growing so much that it ended up becoming my full-time gig. So um, I had a client base where I was able to still continue with school, still continue with like any jobs or anything like that. Um, but it was just kind of working with people online in the same format that I am now, uh, which was pretty cool. So yeah, was just doing that. And then that eventually led into my senior year of college at George Mason. And the thing with kinesiology or exercise science is it's a field that's very much based on experience. With exercise, the theory component of it, like it can only really take you uh, so far. <laughs> that's the, I know that's like the, the quote from Oppenheimer. I didn't mean to do that, but yeah, like the, the theory and stuff can only take you so far where you can learn the stuff in the textbook, but how can you actually apply that to a person that wants to get better? Or how can you actually apply that to an athlete? I saw a post about this on Reddit not too long ago where somebody asked like, what's the best ultimate Frisbee specific workout program out there? Because there's a lot of different competitors. And somebody replied that you want to look for a trainer that has like the most amount of certifications. And I really don't agree with that because what a certification is, is somebody took information, had you learn that information, and then you had to complete just a test for it. It's, it's a business at the end of the day, somebody selling you um, this information. You can be really good at like knowing that information and, you know, knowing the correct answer on a multiple choice test, knowing the correct answer on a true or false test. But like, can you actually apply that information to an athlete? Can you actually use that information to get somebody uh, better, get somebody to their goals? There's, there's a, a gap there. And in order to bridge that gap, 
you need experience. So I'm not saying certifications are bad or like, you know, validating not having certifications. I have, I think three or four certifications, but I don't value them as much as experience. I think a lot of coaches, a lot of trainers probably also feel the same way. Just working with athletes, working with clients is going to be far more valuable than like a lot of textbooks and the tests and certifications, that information. Uh, that was something that was really cool with my senior year at George Mason is uh, the program incorporated a lot of internships. So I had to do four internships as part of my program. I did three of those internships at the same place. Um, so it was just kind of like continuing the, the amount of time I was doing it at that one location. Um, so I was at a powerlifting gym for about a year doing my internship there. There I worked with powerlifters, obviously. Uh, also just worked with like some general people, uh, general population, but then also with a lot of kids that were like athletes, right? So soccer players, basketball players, hockey players, like things like that. Just working with all of them, kind of creating workout programs for them, coaching them through it. Uh, that was really, really cool because I got to work, you know, it wasn't like a big kind of group setting. I think that's where a lot of the internships at my school were like that, uh, where people were going in and teaching like a, a boot camp or something like that, which again, nothing wrong with that, but like actually being able to work one-on-one -on -one with somebody and creating them like a custom plan based off what they needed. I think that was very, very valuable because there's a lot of trial and error that kind of goes into that. I think being a part of that process like allows you to really learn as a coach, like what works, what doesn't work and stuff like that. I also did a internship at a sports recovery place. So like a cryo place, uh, which was a complete waste of time looking back on it. But the one thing I did learn from that internship was I met the massage therapist there. And the massage therapist there was this big bodybuilder dude, like all tatted up, just like did not look like a stereotypic massage therapist at all. And he worked with a ton of bodybuilders, right? So it was the first time I'd ever seen massage, like outside of the, the stereotypic, like hippie cucumbers on your eyes, essential oils in the air type vibe that like I was just always pictured it as. Like this was like um, a guy working with athletes. And I was like, that is so cool. And I had a professor earlier in like like my freshman or sophomore year as well who was he was a coach did a lot of personal training and stuff but he was also a massage therapist and he kind of said that becoming a massage therapist really really helped him understand the anatomy just to an entire different level right so then when he was uh, coaching when he was personal training like he, he just understood the body a lot better and this guy that i met at the sports recovery place kind of said the same thing it's like your understanding of anatomy just really changes when you're actually working hands-on with people right as a personal trainer i'm never really touching my clients not like a massage therapist would obviously so you don't really like you only really can visualize the body from what you can see and what you can see in a textbook but as a massage therapist you can literally touch the muscles touch the you know touch them see how they move uh, see how the joints move and you just get a better understanding. So that was something that really, really interests me and also just the ability to like work with athletes even more. So I ended up going to massage school uh, my senior year. Keep in mind again, this is COVID and I was living at home already. So most of my time going to class was just the commute. So since I didn't have to commute to class, right, I was only maybe taking one to two hours of classes each day. Like I had so much time opened up that I could then go to massage school as well. Like it all fit into my schedule and it wasn't too much. So I was doing like evening classes there. And then I did one more internship at a sports chiropractic office, which was really cool. At that time, I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy school. So I was like, oh, this is great to start to just get some experience, just to start to build my resume a little bit more. He was the head chiropractor for all 
DC professional sports. So like the Redskins or now the Commanders, right? The Washington Nationals. Uh, he worked with some of the Washington Wizards players. So like he was a really cool guy. And he had a clinic where he has a bunch of doctors working there. They had just started like a sports rehab program where after people saw the chiropractor, like they got their backs cracked, they got adjusted and worked on things like that. Then they would come see me and one other intern and we would take them through some like rehab exercises. Uh, so that was a really, really cool time where like I learned a lot about rehab, but I also, again, kind of got that autonomy to like work directly with people one-on-one -on -one and have like a huge hand in the rehab process. And I credit that to um, teaching me a lot of the stuff that I kind of know now. You follow me on instagram you know i i talk a lot about like mobility i talk a lot about like knee health back health achilles health i think i have kind of a, an understanding on like injuries and injury management and rehab like a, a better understanding maybe than most trainers just because of that time and that experience that i got uh, learning from them so that was something that was really really cool but yeah during that time like the beginning of my senior year was pretty chill because like i said didn't have to commute so there was more time opened up but i ended up filling my schedule so by the very end of this senior year i was doing like one internship in the morning then i was going to a different internship in the afternoon and then i was going to massage school at night so like my days were completely packed uh, but it was really fun because i was learning a lot and i was doing stuff that i really really like to do I did that through the rest of my senior year, and then I was able to, to graduate from massage school and from college at right around the same time that spring of 2021. So then that leads me to the next part, which is I thought I wanted to go to PT school, and PT school is pretty expensive. So if you go to a private school, it's somewhere around, like, you know, it's over $100,000 in tuition, which is a lot. But if you go to a state school, then it's a little bit more manageable. It's usually like thirty to forty thousand dollars, and the cheapest state schools are in Texas. So I moved to Austin, Texas, this summer of 2021. That's where I am now. My plan was I was going to stay here, work for about a year, qualify for in-state tuition, and then start applying to PT schools. So that's what I did. I moved to Austin. I was working at a sports chiropractic clinic for a pretty long time. Eventually left that clinic um, and moved to a different sports chiropractic clinic, which is the one that I'm at now, working as a massage therapist, just kind of working, getting ready for uh, physical therapy school. Um, eventually realized that I didn't want to go into physical therapy school. I realized that while working in the sports chiropractic clinics, like I liked working with people once they were out of pain. I was like always excited for like, okay, once you're out of pain, we're going to start doing this stuff that looks a lot more like strength and conditioning, looks a lot more like training. And I just eventually started thinking to myself, if you're always so excited to do the strength and conditioning part of it, why don't you just go more into strength and conditioning? Why are you going to go into physical therapy if you're more excited about the training and the strength and conditioning side? So that's eventually the decision I ended up making uh, where after about a year of working and kind of thinking about things and kind of going back and forth on if I wanted to go to PT school, if not uh, the summer of 2022. So uh, after a year of living here in Texas, I started my master's in kinesiology. So that's currently what I'm doing. I'm in, in grad school for uh, exercise science, kinesiology, all pretty much the same thing. But yeah, currently getting my master's. Moving to Texas was really the thing that kind of sparked my like love for ultimate again, because during my whole senior year, again, because of COVID restrictions, like they weren't playing as much ultimate and I was also just super, super busy. So didn't really play ultimate at all, but moving to Texas, right? It's, it's warmer here all year long. So you can play ultimate pretty much all year round and moving here. I, I didn't know anybody when I moved here, right? All my family's back home in Virginia. I just kind of 
plopped here all by myself. So getting out and playing ultimate was like one of the few ways that I could actually go like, you know, talk to people, go do something. So that's pretty much what I obsessed over the entire time. If I wasn't working, I was here like, you know, studying how to train for ultimate, right? I was trying to get myself better at ultimate, like actively going and working out, actively like studying film, like going to pick up, like working on things on my own. Like I was like, when I say obsessed, like I was truly obsessed. It was like, wake up at four in the morning, do a workout, go to work, come back, either play like, in the evening, play pickup or do another workout. You know, I, it, it was just something I really, really liked. I was seeing that it was a sport that I liked. This was an environment where there's a lot of competitive ultimate and the weather's nice so you can play. Um, and I just saw, I saw that there was an opportunity uh, for me to grow and for me to get better at the sport. And that, that really motivated me to want to continue to kind of keep working at it. So the 2022, so last year was my first ever club season. I uh, didn't play any at all in Virginia, but last year I played for a team called Firefly, again, an open team. Uh, we were half out of Houston, half out of Austin. That was really, really cool. Uh, that was a cool experience. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to practice as much. Right, because when your team is split between two cities, you usually do pods, of course, but the Austin pod was like five or six people, right? So we really didn't have practices. We had one practice in between Houston and Austin with the entire team once a month, right? So that, that was about the only practice we got, um, but pretty much every single tournament was a learning curve for our team because we would all get together for the first time since the last tournament, essentially try to like, you know, the first couple of games we were just, you know, uh, feeling things out, dusting off the rust and, and stuff, and then kind of going from there, having lessons to, to think about, but then we'd kind of go into the next tournament with a lot of those kind of same things. And I think that was just, honestly, from a lack of practice, more more due to like logistics than anything, right? There's only so much you can do when when your team is separated between two cities like that. Yeah, that. but that was really, really fun. Uh, we ended up making regionals. So we were a team that was like right on the edge of if we were going to make regionals or not. In the game to go to regionals, we won on Universe Point, which was really cool. I went to regionals, got second to last place, um, which was tough. But again, it was it was a fun opportunity. My first ever uh, club season, being able to play at regionals against a lot of like high level teams. Uh, that was something that was really cool and kind of taught me a lot about myself as a player. Right. Um, again, I was an O-line cutter at that time. You know, that, that was kind of my strength in college. And then that was my strength um, last year as well as like I was able to get open and we had good throwers. Right. So I could go deep. I could go under. Um, but I was, I was always a receiver for them. And then kind of reflecting on it after that season, realized that I needed to improve my throws like a lot more. I needed to be more of a threat with the disc. Um, if I wanted to actually like take my game to the next level, right? Because it's one thing to always be able to get open, right? But if you get open, you get the disc and you can't do anything with the disc, like a defense is immediately going to know how to stop you. But that's kind of always been uh, my goal. It's my continued goal, but it was specifically after that season, it was just continue to work on my throws, uh, continue to be more of a, a threat with the disc and it's something I still kind of think about. Yeah, that was my reflection after that season. And then after that season, um, I wasn't sure if I was going to play with that same team Again, it was just kind of feeling things out. Um, and then kind of how I got recruited, recruited, quote unquote, recruited uh, to the next team has to do with how Tobu Fitness, as we know it now, was born. Summer of 2021 was my club season uh, or last year's club season. But summer of 2020, sorry, summer of 2022 was that club season with Firefly. Uh, but summer of 2022 is also when I restarted Tobu Fitness. So the very first time I started Tobu Fitness, like I said, uh, it was kind of on the back burner. 
I was doing like these posts, but they were just about like general uh, fitness and it never really took off, right? So I ended up quitting and just deleting that account pretty soon. But then I started it back up in summer of 2022 it, because mainly because they started like Instagram reels at that point. Right. So the first time I started it, there was no Instagram reels. Uh, so it was only those infographics and like carousels. Now they've got Instagram reels. So I made a video about just a very basic exercise and I posted it and the very first one got 2000 views. And at that time that was absolutely insane to me, right? Because the first time I made Toba Fitness getting like 200 views was like a dream come true. And now this one random video got 2000 views. My mind was blown. I was like, this can be something, right? So I started really, really getting into it, uh, making a lot of Instagram reels. And again, never really took off. Now it was doing better than the first time I did Tobu Fitness, but it never took off. Like I think we were right around like 300, 400 uh, followers the whole time, like each video not doing too well. And I was still doing like the general fitness stuff. So again, like here's how to do a bicep curl. Here's how to do a pull up, right? Nothing wrong with that. It wasn't the thing that I really loved to talk about. And eventually, I, I kind of got to that point where I realized that it was like I was studying ultimate on my own all the time for myself, right? I was studying how do I get faster? How do I jump higher? How do I improve my quickness? Like I was studying game film. I was studying very specific movements and like breaking down the biomechanics of it. And then I would turn around and make these like posts that I didn't really care about uh, for Tobu Fitness. And then eventually I was like, why am I not just taking all the stuff that I'm studying and then just making posts about that? So December of 20. Uh, 22. So this past December is when I started making ultimate Frisbee content, right? Literally exactly the stuff that I was trained or you know, studying or the kind of the lessons that I taught myself over the, the year past year and a half. Um, I just started making posts about that. And I told myself at that time, like just post every single day. I had a friend kind of helping me out, uh, just helping me stay like accountable, right? But just posting every single day. Um, and that's when things really started to take off. I credit that to mainly the ultimate community, uh, just being really, really cool, right? Like very, very supportive. Uh, I think there was something new, like to have that much content kind of coming out about something a little bit different, like how to train in the context of ultimate Frisbee. Again, I think that was kind of, uh, there was some novelty to it, right? It was something kind of new, uh, but yeah, posting every single day really, really helped it, it grow really quickly. And then the ultimate Frisbee community is uh, very welcoming. So a lot of people were very, very supportive of it. And yeah, it grew to kind of what it is now. Um, after just a couple months, so like March of 2020, I was able to stop working at the chiropractic office that I was at um, every day of the week. So I dropped down to just one day, of the week, uh, one day a week so then I could focus on Tobu Fitness full-time. So in just three months, I was able to go full-time on Tobu uh, since switching over to Ultimate Frisbee. Um, so that, again, was really, really cool. Um, so, you know, thank you to you guys for watching and supporting that because that that's really all due to you guys. And that, that this whole process has been really, really awesome. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how Tobu Fitness has been. Um, we've been full-time Tobu ever since then. So the last like five months and just kind of continuing to grow. Some of the other side things that I've done in that time um, I was able to become the uh, massage therapist for a division one track team kind of in the area here, uh, pretty close to Austin, Texas. So for one uh, indoor track season for a couple months, I was traveling with them, just going to their meets and, you know, being their massage therapist. So kind of the morning of helping them like stay loose and then at the meet, actually helping them stay loose if they've got any pain, just kind of dealing with that. And at night, just getting them like recovered and feeling ready to go for the next day. Uh, that was really busy, a lot of travel, but that was something that was also really cool and fun to do, right? Working with athletes directly, also just being able to like observe division 
one sprinters. I think seeing people that are that fast and like seeing how they move, how they accelerate, like it's one thing to watch a video of it. Uh, like when, you know, when I, I watched like the 100 meter sprints at the Olympics, like you can kind of see how Usain Bolt and some of those other guys like move and you can study that. But also just seeing it in person is a completely different thing. That was something that was really cool. Like I learned a lot about, you know, just the human body and was able to carry over a lot of that stuff to ultimate. And then something that was pretty funny is Alamode's team captain. He commented on one of my Togo Fitness posts and he said, slide into my DMs. So this is a funny story I've talked to him about. Usually it's the opposite. People slide into your DMs, but he commented, slide into my DMs, uh, talk to him. And then, yeah, I came down to some like Alamo pickups and practices and then tried out for their team, made their team. The rest is history. I've been playing. Uh, for Alamo for this past season and you know that that was something that's really cool like I live in Austin but I play for a team in San Antonio so I commute down for practices which is about an hour two hour drive uh, one way but you know it's it's really worth it because it's a team that's they're very structured they're very intense and they're they're a group of guys that really want to get better and really want to win which I think it's hard to come by sometimes like I understand in ultimate like it, it's a fun sport right everybody nobody's getting paid to do it, uh, at least not like a full-time job, right? So everybody's out there because they love it. And sometimes it's hard to find people that are like super, super committed, super, super disciplined, right? But th this group of guys, it, it makes like the time, the travel time worth it because I know that two hours of practice is going to be very, very high quality, right? And I'd rather drive down for a two hour high quality practice than stay in town and do like a three to four hour practice where I know it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the best use of my time. That's something that's been super, super fun. Some of the plans, for the future for Togo Fitness, because I guess that really brings us to to today, to present day. That's about the entire story. Uh, some of the plans for the future, right? I have some um, in-person camps that I want to do. That's kind of some of the ideas. So if you're listening to this and that's something that you think, like, you know, you know a lot of people that might be interested in that, feel free to DM me. That's something I'd like to set up. Uh, definitely have some programs coming out soon as well. Like I know the one-on-one -on -one coaching isn't something that's for everybody, right? Sometimes it's, you know, it, it might just be too much and you're looking for like a very specific thing. Um, so I've got some programs that are coming out just so I can, you know, be able to work with uh, everybody to some capacity. Uh, so that's definitely coming out in the future. Um, and then as far as me as a player, right? Just want to kind of continue playing at the highest level that I can. You know, I love to train, love to kind of keep getting better at the sport and I'm going to keep trying to do that for as long as I can. Uh, so yeah. That is pretty much everything that wraps up episode one. Uh, like I said, a very, very different experience than how I usually create content, but you know, this was pretty fun. Hopefully you enjoyed this video or this podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed listening. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments, feel free to uh, put in any topics that you'd like to you know, hear in the future. If there's some things that you want me to cover. If there's some guests that you'd like me to bring on, definitely reach out to them if you put them in the comments. But yeah, just let me know your thoughts so I'd love to hear them. But otherwise, thank you guys very much for listening. Have a good rest of your day. You've been listening to the Tobu Fitness Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and YouTube at Tobu Fitness. And to get info on one-on-one -on -one coaching and training programs, hit the website at tobufitness.com. Thanks so much for listening. And see you next time on the Tobu Fitness Podcast. <laughs>